0: nature, and so um, today I was, at, during worship, and, and I think maybe the second song we were singing, I heard these words, or we sang these words, and I heard the Holy Spirit say this, um, ha, uh, the, the wording was how, who, who can stop the Lord, is it, what is it? Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Well, the devil can't. And and I'm, I'm not saying this to put a lot of pressure on us, but we're the only one that can stop the Lord. The devil can't stop God's plan. He's declared it, and whether we believe it or not, this is so. He declared it. This is the declaration of, not bondage, but freedom from bondage and our independence, our liberty and our freedom today. Amen? So, in a number of the cards that were filled out, there were things mentioned about freedom from fear, freedom from addiction, freedom from a number of things, freedom from debt. So, um... Today, the title of my message is "Freedom from." Freedom from. Dot dot dot. Um, the scripture is is real clear to us, and and it's found. I'm I'm going to read in this passage in a moment, but it's found in John chapter eight, and it says. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So if God sets us free, then we're really free. But for God to set you free in a manifested, natural way, in a natural form, it has to start with you accepting the freedom that He produced spiritually. Everything goes and works from the spirit to the flesh. It's never from the flesh to the spirit. Well, I get things worked out in the natural. When, when I got born again, I was the first person saved in all of my family that I knew of. There were some that went to certain kind of churches, but they weren't born again. I was the first person saved that I knew of in my family. That's right. Is that that right? We didn't know anybody else that was saved. Huh? From, your parents. from my parents. Yeah, right. From my parents, I was the only one. I was the first one saved, and I I wasn't saved till I was eighteen. And uh, after I got born again, you know that they wouldn't. I was a little radical, and uh, they wouldn't invite me to family reunions and, and family get-togethers and stuff. And I'd, I'd hear about it later. Yeah, we all got together. And they'd invite me because they did not want to hear about my God. But over time. Things begin to change. And uh, one day one of my sisters said to me, she said, you know, I'm just not good enough to come to Him. There's too many things I've done. There's too many mistakes I've made and all those things. I'm just not good enough to come. Well, the problem is we attempt to be good enough when He made us good and now we have to receive the goodness. We've been talking about around here in our Summer Faith series, we've been talking a lot about things in us that stop what God has done for us from happening in our lives. And it begins, as we've talked about in the last couple of services, not being able to forgive ourselves. If you haven't been here, you can go to the website and download those for free or listen to them for free. The messages that we've ministered the last two on Forgiveness, faith for forgiveness, and being able to forgive yourself, and understanding what that really looks like. Because when we don't forgive ourselves, most people turn on other people because of the lack of what they have not received from themselves. So they don't forgive others. So we find ourselves mad at others and and angry, and at, literally we operate in a spirit of pride in our lives, and that pride is what will shut down. God from being able to liberate us from things that we're addicted to. If you're addicted to drugs today, God wants to liberate you. If you're addicted to alcohol, God wants to liberate you from that. When when I mean addicted to it, you see, you know, everybody, everybody eats, right? You have to eat. But some people are addicted to eating. You know, everybody drinks something, you know, for you to have a drink of something, you know, that... That, you know, the, a lot of the church world can, has considered, like if it's an alcoholic beverage, that it that's a sin or that that's wrong. Well, I, I'm, not, I'm not condoning. My phone's going off. You ever get any of those guys that call you from, this one was from Nevada. <laughs> I think it's a cruise he was trying to sell me. Anyway, <clears throat> sorry about that. Uh, The Bible doesn't teach that there's something wrong with you t- having something you know if you have a glass of wine when you, you, uh, peep, I've got many, many friends, uh, my wife and I personally we, we don't indulge. I had I, I was a, literally a teenage alcoholic, and I, I don't drink alcoholic beverages by choice. we don 't drink because, g- g- because that's our conviction before God. you see but there are people that can't handle those kind of things, and and they're addicted to it because they have to have it for release. Hear me what I'm saying today. I'm truthful. Don't judge. You know somebody, and you go to their house, and they've got beer in the refrigerator or whatever, but they have one every once in a while. Let them be. Let them be. There's nothing in the Bible that is against something like that. But when you're addicted to it, God's not against you. He wants you free of it. But there are people... And and I'm using this as an example. There are people that eat food, but they're addicted to food. And as a result of it, all kinds of things happen in their physical bodies. They're addicted to it. There are people that are addicted to drugs. There are people that are addicted to shopping. Is it a sin to shop? (laughs) Somebody said, I hope not. (laughs) Man, I love to shop. Actually, you know, I, I've become a real shopper. My wife loves to shop, and through the years i practice shopping with my wife, so I'd rather go to the mall than to play golf. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> I just like to shop because I like to be with her. You can be addicted to anything, okay? And listen, I, I'm just telling you right now, don't major on minor things. Don't think, well, you know what? I'm not on drugs and I'm not an alcoholic, so you know, uh, I, can, I can indulge in some other area. No. <clears throat> Indulgence is the problem because there are things like that that we have to have to have release when God wants our release in Him. That's where real freedom comes from. And that's what we're talking about today. Um, the only thing that can stop God really are my addictions. Anything where I put faith and trust in other things other than God. What liberates you from addicted areas of your life, what liberates you and gets you addicted on the right things like we're talking about the tithe. I want to become addicted to tithing. I want to do it out of my heart I want to do it because I believe it's right and I want the benefits of that there's nothing wrong that w- for wanting the benefits that God's put in his word that come as a result of doing what he tells you to do remember King David when he, he was just a young guy when he heard about how all the other ar- all the other soldiers in the army of God were running from Goliath and, and he sees Goliath out there, and he's not concerned about how big the guy was, and the guy was, a, was massive. He wasn't concerned about that. What he wanted to know is, what were the rewards? Those are the questions he asked. He uh, What do we get for this? Well, you get, you get uh, to live the rest of your life tax-free. But he didn't like that one as much as he liked the fact that he was going to get the king's daughter. He really liked that one. I get the, if, if I whoop this guy, I get the king's daughter? Done. I mean, that was his incentive. You, you need to allow the benefits of serving God to be an incentive to move closer to the things of God. Because I'm telling you, it works. Well, you know, yeah, but you know, the, the motive's wrong when it's, you, you're after something instead of God. But when you realize the benefits of serving God and how great they are, what happens is you become connected and addicted to Him, and the other things are just gravy because your relationship with Him becomes so real. I'm so grateful today that there really is a real relationship with God. It's not just things we talk about. It's real. Amen? Psalm 34. Psalm 34 and verse 1. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and, and exalt, let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. All of my fears. Every addiction, and, and you, you let this bear itself out to you. you, you spend some time meditating on this. Every addiction is one with fear. Every addiction, every negative addiction is one with fear. And the reason is, is because you're trusting in something other than God. I said it earlier, what delivers you of ungodly addictions is your trust in God. That's what delivers you. How do I become free of being addicted to drugs? Drawing near to God. I, years ago, I was when we, we were in the building on Water Street. Somebody had come in to the church, and, and uh, it was after service, and we were saying hi to people or shaking hands. And, and this guy says to me, "He was his first time there." He said, uh, "I just want you to know, I, I, I love the service day, but I just want you to know that that I, I'm a drug addict, and I, you probably don't want me here." And I, I remember thinking oh my gosh you know inside of me and I looked at him and I said I said you need to be here you're never going to get off of drugs and then come to church it's not about coming to church to be and appear good you need to come to get the word to get free see the word of God is what draws you closer to God and that's what he needed that's what all of us need you know what I have to say today, probably, all of us are addicted to something. So we just get the elephant out of the room and, and, and realize, you know, pastor's not talking to four people in here today. wonder if one of them's me. No, not about that. We're all addicted to something, and the closer you get to God is where your freedom is. That, that, that's how you tie into the freedom that God produced for us. Remember, He won our freedom spiritually, and when you accepted Jesus Christ, when, when the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. That's why every day of your life, with your mouth, you can declare, you know what, I'm free. doesn't look like it may be here. You don't have to tell everybody else that, but every morning you wake up, as your eyes open first thing out of your mouth, I am free. The sun has set me free, Jesus has set me free, and I am free indeed. See, now you're walking into the day more aware of God and the power of God to overcome things or obstacles that want to keep you trapped. Best thing that a drug addict can say over himself every day I'm free. There's a group that most of my family went through for years and years, and I'm grateful for the group, the starting of the group, which is Alcoholics Anonymous. Most of my family went through it. I felt like I went through it because I spent time in it with all my family members. But, we, you know, we just had a lot of alcohol in our life, and, and, and that's where we came from, so we went through it. But one of the things that people said at AA, and, and say this after me, Pastor is grateful for AA. I, I like them. Okay? but I don't like this. You know how, you can come here and say, you know, I like the church or whatever, but I don't like this. I mean, there's things that you don't like about everything, okay? But I didn't like this. My name is Bert. I'm an alcoholic, and I'll always be an alcoholic. Now, they may not say that exactly like that now, but that's what they used to say then. I was a teenage alcoholic, but I am not an alcoholic today, and I haven't had a drink in I? long time. I haven't had a drink in years and years and years because I don't want to because I have the power over the addiction that had me in bondage. And, and I was only in bondage to that thing because everybody else did it. When I got born again, boom, that thing just lifted. I realized I didn't have to have it. I'm not that. And, and, and if you struggle with that today, you're not that. Because God didn't create you that way. That's a result of things happening, fears in your life. You know, most people are alcoholics as a result of fear attacking them and attaching itself to them as a little child. And Now, people may be in fear and and addicted to all different kinds of things, but most people that are addicted to drugs or alcohol or whatever that want to really control people's lives because of fear that was attached to them when they were children. And I'm telling you, once you come to a place of accountability, you have the power to see that stuff stop in your life, and it does not have to control you in any way, shape, or form. Whom the sun sets free is free. Amen. Say that after me. I'm free. I'm free. I am free indeed. Amen? I sought the Lord. Verse 4. He heard me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. Verse 7. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Wow. So the angels work on our behalf too when we get them involved by what we say. Verse 8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who does what? Who trusts in him not in what any of the other things that I mentioned today can give you. And we'll talk about, in just a few minutes, I'm going to talk about the only way to be set free. There's only one way to be set free, and it's through Jesus Christ. But there's something that I've learned about being liberated and free from different things that I've been addicted to through my life, that this this pattern, very, very simple, God keeps saying to me, keep everything simple. Make sure it's really simple that people can grab a hold of and sink their teeth into. And the the plan that's liberated me from a a number of different addictions in my life is very simple. And when you're free from the sun, you stay free. Why? Because you're not in fear that you're going to fall right back into it. And it doesn't matter if you go from appearing to be free to back in it again, and you come back, and you, and you fall back, and you come back, and you fall back. I don't care how many times that happens. If you, if you don't quit, there'll be a day when you say what I'm saying, and you know you're free, and nothing is going to trip you up. I'm burnt, I'm a drug addict, and I'll always be a drug addict. Not. Absolutely not. Hmm? My name's Bird. I'm a shopper. I charge my credit cards up to the fullest limit and I'll always be that way. Not. You know why? That way, the things you're not addicted to, you can still enjoy. But there may be some time when you can't do some of that stuff because of what you're working on to get it free of your life. I had to quit drinking to get drinking off of me and I just never wanted to add it back. That's just me. Because I got so free of it, I didn't need it to re- relax me. I can go to God for, for relaxation. I'm just talking about that's me. Okay? That, but see, I got that from Him. I, I didn't get that because I'm so righteous and I'm so good and I'm so whatever. I got that because that's what I want. It's my choice. Some of my best friends, every night they have a glass of wine. Some of my best friends, you know, at different times, they have, they have drinks or when they go out because that's what they enjoy, but they're free to be able to do that. See, But it's not an addiction to their life. If it leads to addiction, then you've got to get rid of it until you can control it. I had a friend that was addicted to television. I mean addicted to it. And so you know what he did? Threw all of his TVs out. (laughs) Threw all the TVs out of his house for a weekend. (laughs) Next week, he was more addicted than he was before. Why? Because of the fear of losing it. See, fear is attached to addictions of any kind. I don't care what it is. And what you have to do is be able to hear God about things that you're addicted to and you can't let pride keep you from admitting to God, I'm addicted to this and I need to be free. Some people can be addicted to sex and and, and it sends them into an addiction to porn or things like that. God made sex, and it's a great thing, and He wants you to have it and wants you to enjoy it. But if you get addicted to that to the point that it becomes a perverted thing, that's not, what, that's not pleasing to God, see? You have to be set free of it. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. And so a lot of people have this mentality that sex is wrong. It's not wrong. But you can't be addicted to it. It's, it can't be a God to you. And actually, our society has made it a God. It made it very difficult for people to keep themselves lined up. Job made a covenant with his eyes that he would never look on another woman, ever. He made a covenant with his eyes. And I tell you what, you make a covenant with your eyes, I'll I'll talk to the men in here today, you make a covenant with your eyes because you believe you're addicted to something, I'm telling you, it, it will be an onslaught from hell coming against you. You'll notice every billboard. You'll notice every magazine. I mean, you go and, and you feel like you're doing this, like you have to have these blinders on your eye because it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. But if you want to be set free of something so that you can really enjoy something, I'm, I don't care whether it's what, what it, what, any of the things that we've mentioned and a hundred other things, if you want to be set free of something so you can enjoy it, then you have to do what it takes to work on it to get free of it. And there's a season when you've got to separate yourself from things that you've let your eyes see, your ears hear, your focus and those kind of things. You've got to separate yourself from that to work on your connection with God. Remember, trusting God will liberate you from trusting in anything else in life. That's just the way it is. Can you say amen? Now, just a couple things that I, that I want to show you here in how to walk this out. <clears throat> Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. James one, uh, James four, James chapter four and verse one. Let's look at that. <clears throat> he says here, and I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna just. Pick a couple of, like three or four verses right here out of these first seven or eight and just make my point. I don't have time to look at this whole thing. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war. Yet you have not because you ask not. And and when when you move A little bit farther down, he says, you have not because you ask not. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you spend it on your pleasures. Now, there's a lot here, but what he's talking about here is when my asker is off, when my desire is not connected to the things of God, then I've got to change that. All right, and there's not anybody sitting in here today that's not in, or been in, or at one time, or will be in that category where your asker is off because your desire is wrong. So the desire has to change, and he tells you how to do it. I'm telling you what this is like. This is like kindergarten, right here in the in how direct he is how to be free from wrong desires, which are tied to addictions that we have because nobody's ever taught us how to change the desire. I mean, literally, this is like talking to five-year-olds. When I'm saying it, I'm I'm not talking to you like a five-year-old. I'm just saying in general, that's how elementary this is when we hear this, and that's why we should take some of what is being said here and just begin to do something with it. Like in an area that you know you're addicted to. See, so this isn't a bad word. It's not a hard word. It's a liberating word if you receive it that way. So watch what he says. Um, Verse 5, Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit, the, the Spirit of God, who dwells in you, yearns jealously for you. He wants you to hear Him and not all all the other voices out there and opinions of everybody else. He wants you to hear Him. But He gives more grace. One translation says, He gives great grace. Therefore, He says, God resists the proud. If you stay in pride about that, if you can't admit that there's something that you're addicted to, to get free of, but He gives grace. Actually, in verse 6, it says, more grace or great grace. He gives great grace to those who humble themselves under Him. Now watch, this is how you do it. You submit to God, you resist the devil, and he flees. See, the devil can't stop you, only you can stop you. Because the devil's been defeated, and he can't stop the plan of God from getting to you. But if you don't draw near to God, if you don't connect yourself to God's way of thinking and doing then you won't resist the devil or thoughts or ideas that are keeping you addicted to certain things. You won't resist that, and so it stays in your life. So what God wants to do in your life, He can't do, but it's not the devil, it's you. And listen, again, that's not this huge amount of pressure. Oh my gosh, pastor preached that word, and now i got all this, i got to figure out how to... No, you just take whatever the Holy Ghost in you that jealously desires you to listen to Him You just listen to whatever he's telling you today, and I promise you, he never talks to you about five things. Only one thing. He's a one thing God. He created us. He knows we can't handle more than one thing. (laughs) But you know what? One thing that you get free of will turn into another thing. Another one thing. And another one thing, and another one thing, and another one thing. Because you get used to humbling yourself under his mighty hand because of what? The rewards. Hmm? You get the daughter and the tax free life. Right? Or whatever it is. We get what God's promised. Bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Prove me that I'll not open up the windows of heaven, pour out blessing that there's not room enough for you to contain. When you become addicted to tithing, it's because you've drawn close to him. You become convinced that it's right, and then the rewards follow. But I promise you, you begin to see the windows of heaven open and opportunities and things coming your way that they would have never come your way in you trying to make it happen. That's what's so rewarding. Now, all this striving thing gets off of you. So whatever you do, you do because he told you to do it, not because you're trying to make things happen. And addictions keep us in bondage of trying to make things happen in our life when it's because we trust in those things and not in the living God. Well, you know, Pastor, I'm hearing what you're saying about the word and those kind of things. But, you know, when it comes to money and that stuff, I've got it all figured out. Okay, I didn't say you didn't have wisdom and understanding. You've learned things. You went to school and all that kind of stuff. But I promise you, going to Holy Ghost School on money will take the knowledge you have and lift you and, and exalt you to a whole other place that you'd have no idea, no idea. You know why? Because if, if you're if if you're in, let's just say you're a broker. And you you've got clients and people that, that are that are depending on you and you're getting all your information from Wall Street as a broker you're in major fear What if I tell them the wrong thing, oh my gosh I know a couple of broker I have a couple of broker friends that hear the Holy Ghost, and they're never that way. This one guy writes me a new, he, he writes a newsletter, I'm on his newsletter all the time, and he's talking about how great everything is, and through some of the horrible stuff from 2008 through 2000 and like 14, 15 I mean, some of his newsletters were the most positive because what he was hearing from God See, it didn't have to do with what all the indicators from Wall Street were saying and how many times was Wall Street wrong? The God we serve is never wrong I didn't mean that you're going to hear perfectly in every little thing. I didn't mean that. But, but what do you want? Man, I want to be elevated in what I know. I'm not taken away from what any of us know. You've been educated in certain things. Take what you know, but let the Holy Ghost take it to another level. He jealously desires the spirit that he put to be inside of you, that you'll listen to him with what you know, not live in your life doing what you think you know. Huge difference. Trust in Him, and we go up. We trust in ourselves or things we're addicted to, we find ourselves eventually imploding. Because trust in the, in the things of the world will never work. Can you say amen? <clears throat> Verse 8. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. And, and, and that, I want to drive that point home as I read this last passage in a minute. I want to drive that point home. You draw near to God, and God draws near to you. Okay? So, I'm telling you how I draw near to God, and this plan has worked for me for 40 years and is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. This is my plan. The way I draw near to God is not thinking, well, okay, I I, I used to think that drawing near to God that I needed to pray longer. And when I tried praying longer and I'd fall asleep, I realized that really wasn't producing for me. I know some people that pray four, five, six hours a day. Uh, You know, go. Do it. Uh, Well, There's times when I I will pray and I'm I'm in a flow of prayer that I'll pray for a long period of time. But what works for me on a day-to-day basis is number one, confession of the Word. Life and death for me are in the power of what I say. Whether I live or... Where, where I'm successful or destroyed is in the power of what I say, first and foremost. It's not just what I say that's going to change everything, but it's what I say that gets myself hearing me declare things from the Word that God says about me. I need to hear myself say those things. That is, I, I'm, I'm absolutely, nobody on the planet ever could ever talk me out of that, that, that that is the most important thing for me, is what I say over myself. Every day, every morning throughout the day I say things over myself because I want to I don't do it because I have to you know this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice today and be glad in it for God's mercy and His grace are new to me every morning I rejoice because I'm God's child I've been filled with His Spirit for greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world the joy of the Lord is my strength and the Lord is the strength of my life the peace of God that passes all of my understanding, it stands guard over my heart and mind. Things which are good and pure and perfect and lovely and of a good report, I think on these things. I let no corrupt communication come out of my mouth, but that which is good to edify. What I say ministers grace to those who hear me. I speak the truth of the Word of God in love, and I grow up in the Lord Jesus in all things. I let the peace of God rule in my heart, and I refuse to worry about anything. Those kinds of things on a day-to-day basis, I mean, how long did that take? Less than a minute. Pastor, I just don't have time. You're a little too busy if you don't have 50 seconds to speak some things out of your mouth. And that's where it starts. See, and if you just don't quit doing that, what happens is when you're saying what God says over you, it draws you near to Him. He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. Well just waiting on God. Well he's going to be he's going to stay waiting. You're waiting and he'll wait. But you just go and he'll take 5 steps to you. And then you you move the other foot like this and he'll draw another 5 to you. I see. See it's not you know one for one. It's you just take you just act like you're going to move in that direction. You just look in that direction and he'll draw to you. He he just wants some form of effort, and that's why when you begin to declare out of your mouth what He says about you, that draws you near to Him. I'm just telling you, it's not something you try for two weeks or for a month to see if it works. It's something you do from here on, and I promise you, it will produce. That's how it happens. I spend time studying i spend time resourcing myself in books that other people have written about the things of god but also i resource myself with other ideas and thoughts from people that are leaders or or whatever i resource myself in a lot of ways Now, i don't spend more time resourcing myself with people that are not born again but i do listen to what other people's thoughts are and i take what they write and you know what there's a lot of people that aren't born again that have a lot of godly principles that you can learn and gain from. And you need to gain from that. You see? But then you have you have to know what the word says so you don't let somebody's idea lure you over here in one direction or another. You keep yourself moving in the same direction. So that means you read something, you take what applies to you, the other things you kind of put it aside. You, you don't believe anything that, that you don't believe everything that anybody reads. I don't care if they're saved or not. You judge it by the Word for yourself. Amen? Because one person can write something from, a, from one perspective. You can get it from a different perspective, and it will still apply to your life. That's how, that's how amazing God is. So resourcing yourself and spending time praying and praying for other people. When you, when you pray and speak the Word and, and, and speak certain things over other people, that it's not about yourself, you're sowing the word into other people's lives and you'll reap a reward. You know what'll happen? Other people will pray for you. You don't even have to ask people to pray for you. People will pray for you if you'll get yourself praying for others. So sometimes what can happen is we're addicted, we're addicted to selfishness and we have to have everybody focused on us and whatever kind of problems we have and I promise you your problems will get met when you sow into other people's lives. It's just, as long as heaven and earth is intact, so is seed time and harvest time. Amen? Whatever a man sows, that is what he'll reap. Not, what, not whatever a man can complain about is what he's going to reap. Well, he will. He'll reap the, the fruit of complaining. I don't know about you, but I, I've been a complainer at different times in my life, and I don't like that fruit. Can you say amen? Okay, John 8, and we'll end with this. I know we're going a little bit longer today, but I'm going to finish this. John eight and verse thirty one. <clears throat> in, in my in in my my time with God on a day-to-day basis, because I stay with it, the, the thing the, the little short little segment of what I just spoke a minute ago, uh, I've been saying that over myself. For upwards of, well, to not exaggerate, at least 10 years. I've said that over myself every single day, over myself. And then my wife and I, when we get together, we speak the same thing. And we've done that for years, the same thing over and over. Now, we'll add things or take a little bit away or whatever uh, along the way. But, and, it's, and, and we speak more than that. But that confession thing is so vital to your vision from God. The other thing I want to say is that in in my morning times with God, I I spend time, one one of the key things that I've learned to do is to listen to him. That means turn everything off, put your books aside, your Bible, everything else, and take some time to just sit and listen. When I first started doing that, I, I got encouraged to do that from someone else, from another leader, and I thought, listen to what? You know, I mean, I, I mean, I understand about listening on the inside, but they just said, just sit there and listen. Don't say anything, nothing. Just sit there. You know, find a place where you can do that. Maybe you need to walk somewhere and do that. And I did that. Day one, day two, day three, I didn't hear a thing. Day four, five, thinking, what the heck? You know, six, seven, eight, maybe 12. But around day 14, I got to a place where I realized how busy my mind was and I didn't know how to listen. And now, some of the the greatest plans, not just for my life, but the church and for what we're doing and where we're going are coming out of listening. And it's empowered me to be a better listener even in the natural as a result of it so that I'm saying that's part of the plan to be liberated from things that you're addicted to in life. Amen. John 8 and verse 31 and I'll end with this. <clears throat> then Jesus said to those Jews who believed, If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed and you shall know the truth. If you abide in my word, if you abide in my word, then it's be- if you abide in my word, it's because you've, you've been discipled by me. And he said, and you'll know the truth from that word and the truth you know is what will make you free. That's why it's so important to start your day out in confession, in praying for others, praying for yourself, those kind of things. And I'm not talking about two hours. If you give God five minutes, if you give him five minutes of doing it every single day or do it for three days out of the week. Do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Give him five minutes. If, you, if you're not doing that, and and you're focusing on things that you're addicted to, the closer you get to him, the closer he'll get to you, and he'll empower you to be free of the addiction. So whatever the thing you're addicted to, you can enjoy. You may maybe you've never heard anybody say that something that you're addicted to. Let's just take shopping. Let's say you're addicted to shopping. You got credit cards maxed out, you know, because of your shopping and those kind of things, because it's out of control. God wants you to enjoy shopping. But you might need to cut some credit cards up and quit shopping for a season of your life to get free of that, but just not shopping isn't going to free you from the addiction. You've got to be in the Word. He said, you'll know the truth, and the truth you know is what will make you free, not quitting shopping. You can stop shopping for six months, and and pay your credit cards down. But if you don't have the word changing the way you think, you'll go right back to doing the same thing again. Well, I'll I'll just do a little of it. Well, I'll, I know I shouldn't, but no. You'll stop it because the word has empowered you to do it. And 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 then he says and he says to these guys and I, I just want to make this point. They answered him, "We're Abraham's descendants. We've we've never been in bondage." <laughs> they've never been in bondage these are some liars huh? to anyone how can you say you you will be made free Jesus answered most assuredly I say to you whoever commits sin is a slave to sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever but a son abides forever therefore if the son makes you free then you're free indeed so what happened here these guys couldn't admit to the fact that they were in bondage to some things. I mean, I mean, we can see just in the gospel, just in the gospels, we can see all the things that they were in bondage to. My gosh, the stories of what these guys had done, these Pharisees and Sadducees, and what they were all tied to and, and involved in, it was all bondage. All of it was bondage. When you humble yourself under his mighty hand, There's great grace, and grace is empowerment to advance. It's empowerment. Great grace is empowerment to get free. You don't have to get free on your own. You don't have to try to make a change in something in your own life. No, that's not what God, that's not the way God did it. He wanted to empower you to make the change because remember, it's not the devil that stops God in our lives. It's us, and it's us not having the revelation and the understanding from his word how to be free of the things that we're addicted to i really pray and hope today that this word that i'm sharing with you is light and life to you that it empowers you to see yourself liberated and free because of what jesus did for you and that you can walk that out day by day as you draw closer to him you'll know the truth And the truth that you that you know that's real to you, not that's real to your neighbor. See, what 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 your neighbor believes can't liberate you the way it can liberate you if you know it. The truth you know is what will make you free. And whom the sun sets free is free indeed. That's me. How about you? That's us today. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Glory to God. Let's pray.